You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Xtreme. My name is Zach. My name is Joey. And this is a podcast where we dig deep on your favorite video games, and I'm trying out a new microphone, and I really hope this sounds good. Yes. And I'm not going to tell you what kind of microphone it is, because I am deeply, deeply ashamed of what microphone it is. <laughs> All right. I'm going to leave that for another day. And by another day, I mean never, because you will never know. Until so I get an actual now. professional microphone. <laughs> So if this sounds weird, that's why. Um, but I am talking very fast today because I don't actually have a ton of time to record. That's cool. So we're going to go through and do as much as we possibly can, and we're going to only take one break halfway in between. We're not even going to take the break in the beginning. We're just going to jump straight into it. Is that okay, Whoa, Joey? That's crazy, Zach. But let's do I it. I know. I'm okay. riding off of my just got off of work high and need to run off and go do more air and shit. Yo, I use that all the time. My life has been a blur of hecticism. Friday is night word? is just like errands all all night. It's like I fuck. know people. People <laughs> just relax, body. People keep coming over to my house, and I'm like, I don't need all of these people named Aaron coming to my house. Why do you keep coming here? <laughs> I didn't get that. This is first. not the. This is not your hangout spot. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. But no, so we're, yeah, we're doing the we're doing the West Side. Yes, we're doing the West Side today. The side. Um, but so we're halfway into it at this point. We've already gone pretty far into it, but I think we're gonna close it off today. Yeah, we can, um, we can totally do that. I think we can. So let's pick up where we left off, uh, which is in no particular order. I found a new enemy type called the Heavy Crystal Golem. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It is, again, my my penchant for being on point with particularly petulant pun. God Puns. damn it, I lost. No, Puns. it's not a pun, though. It's just literal. Yeah. It's a literal name. It's just a, a perception. <laughs> the perfect. I like, I like oh, it. Thank you. Nice. <laughs> no, I like per, I liked per, perception. That was pretty good. Yeah, you perceived um, it. It was pretty I did. good. You know what? I perceive a lot of things by virtue of being alive. Yep. <laughs> and and yes. not Helen Keller. And that she probably couldn't perceive a lot, you know, being pretty much nothing <laughs> with none of the senses. Can't really feel a game. Well, you can feel the controller, but you can't feel the game. Yeah. Much to a lot of game developer chagrins. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I got really off track. Yeah, no. Okay. Heavy Crystal Golem. So it's just a new enemy type. Uh, it's got a slow attack, but it uh, guards itself actually while attacking and throws a long line of crystals in a straight line. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is important because this will come up later when we're fighting the boss. Um, but I just wanted to call it out because it's also a new enemy type and any kind of, uh, any kind of changing it up Changing up the method, changing up the formula, or at least, like, adding in some kind of variety in enemy types is appreciated, and I want to call it right. out. And it's not just, like, a copy and paste of the last zone. 
Exactly. It's not the exact same kind of heavy enemy yeah. that you've been running into from past uh, right. from past areas. The small it's ones may be similar, but like that's cool. That's, you know. I mean, if they pepper it in with enough new, yeah. and you, I'll I'll forgive some of the copy pasting. It's even but, good in a way. It's like a, a variation, you know. Exactly. I mean, you already understand how to deal with these types of enemies, so you're already a bit of a leg up in those other yeah. areas, so you don't have to relearn everything, and you feel kind of like you are growing on your journey and understanding a bit more of how the enemies will possibly come at you. Indeed. So I guess it's a two-sided coin. Some people could think it's bad, some people could think it's good. You can argue really both ways. All right. Um, but moving on, there's more environmental puzzles, actually. You run into, uh, using some crystal traps, um, yes. you need to navigate a platforming section. Yeah. Which was annoying as hell, but, <laughs> I mean, that's what happens with difficulty curves. It gets a little harder. How long did it take you to, like, finish the west side? How many, the west? Like, like, zone, like, how many hours of gameplay? If I was... Guesstimating, yeah. maybe about, I don't know, 45 minutes? Oh, shit, that's good. But, I mean, I'm off factoring in the fact that while I'm playing, I'm stopping every five minutes to write down notes in my notebook. <laughs> and by factoring that in, it took me about two hours. Oh, yeah. No. I just so, didn't mean that part. But 45 minutes like, is good for, like, all the searching you have to do and stuff. Yeah, I tend to, whenever I have to, in like, in a game where exploration is huge, mm -hmm. I tend to not walk around anywhere. I tend to dash literally everywhere that I possibly yeah, can. of course. And just because, like, that's the faster way to do things, and I've found that in my slightly, I'm not going to say older, because I'm not that old. In my in my older gaming persona, I don't have a ton of time to just like, oh, let's meander around. Like, no, I got to get shit done. Yeah, you got to get shit done. Exactly. I got I to gotta see what this game is about, put it down, and then look at the next game. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's usually why I get going so quickly. But um, when you get to those crystal traps, though, I, I appreciate the variety in platforming as opposed to, you know, the standard that they've set so far where it's a lot of just navigating very small precipices but um kind of adding in the flavor of the crystal traps that allows for that kind of difficulty curve and it allows for you to actually kind of do a bit of conveyance or them to actually do a little bit of conveyance on their end because you already know how to platform you've already seen the crystal traps and now they're just putting them together yeah so kind of another Great little example. I mean, the conveyance that we've been talking about up to this point usually comes pretty soon after a concept is introduced. But these types of games are, are a bit different in how they need to be laid out. So they don't necessarily always need to be uh, right after that, you know? Right, right, right. So it's still good to call out, though, as a good bit of conveyance. Yeah. Um, cool. And just some a little thought that came up while I was playing. I think... The the traveler that we've been talking to the entire time who, like, tells us where the area cubes uh -huh. are. The one who said yeah. this in the beginning. Yeah. I think I think that dude might be the Anubis dog. Whoa. Again, I'm not... I don't know for sure, 
I'm just saying it offhand as a potential thought. But I mean, the way that they set it up every time in the game is it introduces with the uh, the Anubis dog walking yeah. up to an area. Mm-hmm. And then right in that area is the traveler. Oh, shit. That Literally is... every time. Good observation. So maybe that's what they're trying to allude to with that. Or at least that the Anubi, Anubis dog and the traveler are connected somehow. Oh, maybe. I thought the dog is, like, bad. I don't know. I mean, it's bad. You're probably assuming that because most of the things that have been represented as bad in this game have been, like, represented with black and black coloring. Darkness. Darkness. Darkness, yeah. And the Anubis, yes, it is in a dark black fur. So I could see Mm. where you're coming from with that. Could be a little uh, trickery here. I like it. Yeah, so again, more environmental storytelling that we wanted to call out there, you know. Again, the mystery kind of compounds, like, what's the relationship between the trailer and this dog? Also, why, after waiting just a few seconds, uh, does the traveler start coughing up blood like I do? Yeah. So, what's up with that? Are they going to explain it at the end? I would assume so, and I would also assume not so, because this <laughs> doesn't seem like those games that's going to explain anything. It's going to, like, finish, something crazy's going to happen, and then you're going to be like, the fuck just happened? I got to play right. this again. <laughs> Either that or just run straight to Google and be like, yo, what the fuck did I just see? <laughs> like, after watching any, like, movie that is somewhat confusing... <laughs> That's what happened when Google. I watched Inception for the first time. I was like, what the fuck is actually happening? <laughs> yeah. They're in like a dream. It's in a dream. It's in a dream. Oh my God. I was on Google while watching Inception. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't watch that movie with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was kidding. <laughs> no, but that would have been hilarious, though. Just like, yeah. I don't understand the movie that I'm watching. Google, help me. <laughs> and everybody behind you just like, shh. And you're like, why am I narrating it? It's for, like, those people who ask questions the whole time during movies. Oh, my God. They're the worst. <laughs> yeah. If, if you are one of those people who does that during movies, like, I'm sorry, but somebody's got to tell you you're the worst. You got to yeah. stop. Stop doing that. You can do it at your house all the time. You can do it anytime you want at your own home. But if you're on a movie theater, come on. Yeah. Don't even do it at home. Like, you know what? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear you from your house. Don't Just do it from your house. <laughs> Don't look too much into that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. transition master. Um, actually, funnily enough, after the traveler tells you about all the core pieces, he tells you there are five core pieces here as opposed to four. Normally mm-hmm. on the map, he reveals four, but this right. time he revealed five. Yeah. So that's an interesting little thing I actually want to talk about in a few seconds here. I wonder because um, maybe it's the second to last zone, you know? So it could be. So you know what? Um, I actually t- I wanted to talk a little bit about that later after we okay. actually found the fifth one. So okay, okay. let's hope, put, a, put a pin in that and we'll come right back to it. All right. But I just wanted to show, tell you guys this is about the time where that fifth piece is introduced. So we'll come right back to that. Um, another enemy ability that actually I wanted to call out from one of the enemies that's pretty similar to another enemy in the northern area that we ran into, the spiders. Mm-hmm. Um, again, same concept. It's a spider. It crawls towards you. It takes one hit. Whatever. But yeah. the difference is 
Uh, this enemy, while being similar in the design, uh, has different abilities, unique abilities to this specific breed of spider, where uh, it can actually trap you in crystal um, nice. if you get too close. So that's actually a pretty cool little point. It seems like such a minute thing to call out, but if you think about it in a larger context of these spiders are coming at you, usually with a lot of other enemies at the same time, like those phaser enemies or the giant crystal golems, uh, they can be used basically to immobilize you within a larger group of enemies while the bigger enemies just wail on you. Yeah. So it's an interesting little dynamic shift that adding in one little ability to a pretty insignificant enemy can have to a balance of a fight. Yeah, that's, that's very thoughtful on the gamer, game developer's parts. I mean, that's what we do here. We got to call out when they do thoughtful things like that. It makes, yeah. I mean, I have to call it out because it makes my passion burn harder. Like, the, like when I was outside earlier, I burned. Did you not get that? <laughs> I burned. That was the joke. My, it's my sunny? My skin burned because it's sunny. <laughs> Pro tip. Always wear sunscreen when it's sunny outside. <laughs> But as we go on here, there's an optional fight um, that's actually done right, in my opinion. Um, You can open this cell, like in one of the dungeons, you can open up cells to fight random enemies. Um, And again, totally optional. You do not have to do it. But if you do and you beat this enemy, you get part of an upgrade token. Mm -hmm. So that is a well-done optional fight where you actually get rewarded for your curiosity and for actually fighting a challenge. Yeah, well, if if it's optional, like, if you didn't get something, it'd be like, what the fuck? But that's the thing. We were talking about this last episode where sometimes they have these optional fights where the only thing you get is just, like, a health pack, which you probably use during the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this kind of is like a dichotomous turn here, because if they were trying to go with the theme of, you know, survival is your reward, but then they actually reward you now for some of these optional fights, I don't know where they're coming from. <laughs> Maybe it's just Maybe. random. Maybe it is just random. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but I probably am overthinking it. Who knows? But I wanted to call it out. Oh, God, if I see I see the folly. Oh, I see my 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 levels going out of control. <laughs> it's oh. okay. It's endearing. Oh god damn it! All right, I hope this mic can hold up. Um, as we move on, though, um, it's interesting how enemies. Something that's another environmental storytelling bit. It's interesting how enemies can be free from crystals, but not NPCs. Uh huh. It's a weird little thing, you know? I mean, the NPCs, when you break down their crystals, they are trapped in there for what it seems like perpetuity. Right. Uh, but if you break, do the same thing with an enemy, they're fine. They're out and fighting you and ready to take you down. Mm. I just don't know why they decided to do that. It seems like a weird choice. Um, but Maybe yeah. they just wanted one thing to not have it and one to be able to do it. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, again, it could have just been a point of the environmental storytelling. Maybe they were trapped earlier than the NPCs and the rule of being trapped in the ice or the crystal uh, for a longer time maybe still is an effect. I don't know. I don't know. Did that make sense to anybody else but me? (laughs) 
Um, what I'm trying to say is that pre- in a previous uh, episode, we talked about potentially a rule that the game was trying to explain through environmental storytelling, where uh, the longer you're trapped in these crystals, the more you, the less likelihood you have to escape. Right. Um, so potentially these enemies were trapped for less time than the NPCs. I don't know. Potentially. Um, but also, I don't know why it took me this long to figure out why fights are so difficult it's because there's it's because there's zero frames of invulnerability after you get hit yeah so true that's why these fights are so hard because in a lot of games they give you at least like a few like a second or two to catch your breath after you get hit before you can get hit again this game could just wail on you that's why you gotta keep dashing away after every hit Exactly. That's why these fights have to have the flow that they do. Yeah, and it's like and realistic too. Like, and that—that's why dashing is so important in this game. Yeah, and like having a rhythm in fights. Yeah, like dashing in, do your slashes, dat, dashing out, and like a lot of dodging, not just like wailing on the enemy. Exactly. If you try to just wail on the enemy, you get wrecked. You get destroyed. You only have five like slots of health. Yeah. A lot of them do multiple slots per hit. Yeah. So I don't know why it took me so long to, to get that. But, yeah, that's why these fights are so hard. So I just wanted to call that out um, because nice. I clearly didn't before. <laughs> that's, um, a good, that's a very good point. Yeah, right? Um, but as we keep going on, it kind of does this bullshitty thing that I really don't like in a lot of games. And, like, again, it's also here. But the bullshitty thing of letting enemies slash you through walls while you can't slash them through walls. Right. It's just a, it's just a stupid little thing that a lot yeah. of games fall into where it's like, aha, uh-huh, I'm stuck behind a wall. What the fuck? How did you hit me? I can't hit you. Yeah. Like, it's just like a little bullshitty thing. And it's like, oh, for God's sake, really? How come I have to adhere to the rules of reality and you don't? Yeah, I don't know. Again, it's just another bullshitty thing. I have to call it out because it's part of the game design. Probably um, just a programming thing. It probably they, is just a... Pro- that they look over, that they, you know, don't. No, you're, no, you're completely right. It's just yeah. maybe something that they was overlooked. I mean, they're not a huge team, so I'm not going to give them too much crap. But again, it's a game and I have to call it out because if anybody is actually listening to this for educational purposes... This, that would be a good thing to pick up and not do for your next game. Wing, wing, nudge, nudge. Yes. If any, any budding game developers actually listening to us, if you are, please send us a note at thextreme at gmail.com. Yeah, that'd it's, be cool. Yeah, we'd love to hear about your cool new game. Uh, it's I-T-S-T-H-E-X-S-T-R-E-M at gmail.com. Do it now, 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 do it now. Maybe we'll play it and, <laughs> and then do an episode about it. Oh, that would be so cool. Yeah, if you guys have a game that you're, like, making and you want us to try it, like, check it out, that would be yeah. awesome. Holy crap, that's a really good idea. I know. How did, how did we not think of this? God, Joey, you're so smart. <laughs> I'm a genius. Look at you. I mean, you got that degree for, like, you didn't get that degree for nothing. Yeah, that music degree really came in handy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know a lot of the people on the podcast love your music, so there's that. Yeah, yeah. So is that any any consolation? It is, thank you. There you go. Um, But let's keep going on here. Um, There's certain sections where 
uh, in the game. The camera will shift focus, implying that you need to. You're on the right track, but um, it doesn't allow you to really move any further, regardless of wherever you're searching around. Mm-hmm. Um, and the problem with that is in an area in the west where there's all the trees and like a lot of it is covered you kind of get stuck thinking that you need to be moving in a certain direction, but then you're just like, oh, shit, well, I guess I can't go this way, but can I go this way? It feels like I should be able to go this way. Yeah. And then you try for, like, yeah. ten minutes, and you're like, oh, well, I've tried literally everything that I can do, and nothing's working, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. So I it's just know. kind of frustrating, you know? Yeah, especially, like, when there's so many spots where you actually can go through these little nooks you know yeah it's like am i missing it or exactly it's frustrating because it feels like you should and like that feeling can be easily removed if you didn't shift the camera focus yeah because that makes me feel like i should be able to get there Mm -hmm. because you are telling me by virtue of shifting the camera, that there's something of interest over there that now I have been able to access, question mark? Right. Which is just a problem. Um, but I think that's pretty much it for the West area. Um, let's talk about the boss now, I guess, at this point. Yeah. All right. Just comes at you. I, yeah, he really does. Literally, immediately bum rushes you. Um... And it's like a straight-up sword duel with this with this person. I call it, like, the Crystal King. It nice. looks like he's got, like, a crown and yeah, stuff like that. Like the bad guy from Game of Thrones. If Does anyone that, watches. The, I, I don't watch. Can you tell me what it is? No, no it just looks like that guy. Just pretend, okay. pretend that you watch it. Okay, I got it. Yeah, it looks like that guy from yeah. the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> looks so familiar with the things and stuff. It's White Walker. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I lost my train of thought. But from the way, from the way the Ice King fights, it feels like you're fighting some kind of corrupted version of a traveler. Yeah. Or like a drifter or something. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's like it does, it does the same things that you can feasibly do. It slashes with a sword. It has a gun. Uh, the only difference is that it also can shoot out. Um, it also can shoot out crystals, kind of like the heavy golem. Yeah. So it kind of that's why I call it like corrupted because it does the same things that you can do with the sword and the gun, but at the same time it has the crystal influence, which it seems to have learned to wield. Yeah, and, it's like uh, the controller of it, perhaps. Exactly. Maybe that's why it's the king of the crystal as opposed to being trapped in it. Yeah. But at the same time, corrupted by it. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it may have given it power, but at what cost? Right. Like Uncle Ben said, with great pasta comes great responsibility. Respo- great linguine. Mamma mia. <laughs> 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 Hashtag Uncle Ben quote. It's a me. <laughs> Uncle Ben. <laughs> it's a me, a Spider Man. <laughs> Here I go with my laser vision to save the day. <laughs> you better get out of my way. I have the Master Sword. Wahoo! 
What have we created? It's an abomination. We have to burn it with fire. Yeah. Oh, oh God! Burn it with verbal fire. Actually, Paul, burn it with actual fire. Do do a sound effect to do it. Get rid of it. Thank you, Paul. Jerem! Holy shit, you're alive! Wait, that wasn't fire. That was Jerem. Where have you been the past like ten episodes? You've been traveling the dimensional rift again? Did you find anything cool? But I don't nice. even know where you, I don't even know where you would find that many lemons. I know, right? How did you Okay. Oh. Oh, I I didn't even know you could do it that way. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Huh. Thanks, Jerem. That's a real big like the piece of insight in my life personally. You've made actually my day to day a lot a lot easier. I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> oh, thanks, Jerem. Hey, I, I, I appreciate you too. Thanks you can for stopping head. by. Yeah, we'll yeah. see you again in another ten episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so you should come back. Don't be a stranger, Jerem. I I miss you. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Don't don't be a stranger now. Go on drifting. Wow, that was a cool, that was a cool sound effect that he had to indicate he was going into a portal. Yeah, wow. Not everyone has those sound effects. No, that's. Portal. I wish I could just explode sound effects from my derriere. <laughs> and. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. I don't even know why I'm so good. That was oh. rich. That was rich. Oh, you're so rich. Uh, but let's talk a little bit more about the the yeah, crystal boss here. Mid boss fight here. We're mid boss fight, and I know we said we were going to take a break, but we don't have time. It's okay. I, the flow oh, is just like too a, good. Paul, put in like a quick little ditty here to satisfy people. Great. Awesome. I love it. Um, <laughs> so this is the first boss fight that you get into where it does not deal damage to the minions that they spawn. Um, in the previous two, any time that the boss does, like, a, an attack or something like that, it will also damage any minions that he's uh, summoned. Right. Um, but not this guy. Not even if you intentionally have him shoot or slash at the, at the other minions. Right. So it's an interesting thing to, that, I, that I wanted to call out. Yeah, maybe because there's, like, magic involved or something. Perhaps, or maybe they're all cursed by the crystal, and it's kind of like a uh, right, Pirates of the Caribbean thing, where they're all cursed by the same Aztec gold. Right. They're all kind of like one being, maybe. Ooh, maybe they are. Maybe they're that being. They're that thing from Rick and Morty, where they're in Unity or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw that episode. Yeah, you like yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, they're all good. They're all good. I'm getting off track again. <laughs> 
Okay, so halfway into the fight, uh, the tra- the corrupted traveler, Ice King, whatever, uh, literally will seek out minions to free to actually attack you. It'll stop whatever he's doing and go to one immediately. Um, and then also gains an extra slash and an extra crystal barrage cycle. Uh, so this is the first time, again, that there are really noticeably different cycles in between half and between health points. Mm-hmm. Like again, as the boss's health cycles down, they do get more aggressive, but this is the one where it seems like it's actual shift in the way the boss fights. Yeah. That's more noticeable. Um, what else? But that's pretty much the fight. And then after you take them yeah. down, uh, it's crystal not easy. Consu- it's not easy no, this, this is, is a like, hard fight. Yeah. This is like, my favorite boss so far i think yeah this boss required a lot of skill and precision timing and like knowing when to attack and when to retreat yeah it was like uh an actual boss it's like the epitome of the design elements that they intended for the actual combat come to fruition yeah so it makes it a lot it kind of it's great to see that those elements coming together like that oh yeah um but you, as your reward for beating the boss, the crystal consumes this boss and breaks off about half of itself as blood starts pouring out of the Crystal King. Classic. In a... Yeah, classic, you know? <laughs> There's classic, classic movie deaths where you get consumed by crystal and cut in half by the weight of your own body. <laughs> womp womp. Um, but you also get the gun that he was using as a trophy. So, yes. again, not just a random gun that a dead person had. It's the gun that this recently dead person had. Yeah, kind of like beating a Mega Man boss. Uh, yeah, it's very Mega Man-ish, actually. Instead of jumping up in the air and going, you just, like... Paul, you yeah. put in a sound effect of me grabbing a gun, right? Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Um, oh, also... No, I'm not going to call him out on the air. But we're very excited for Paul. He has really big news. I'm not going to s- steal his spot, but congratulations, Paul. Congrats. Joey, just say congratulations, and I'll tell you after. I, th- I just said it. Congrats, Good. Paul. Good. Say it again. <laughs> Congrats again. <laughs> and as we move on here, um, I want to say there's like an inverted, inverted platforming challenge right after this. Um, and I want to say it's inverted because the light being shown... Uh, usually signifies areas that you can jump onto, but this time it shows areas that you cannot jump to. So again, more more environmental storytelling to kind of give you a taste of there's probably something going on way beneath this area, but you are not privy to it because if you tried to go down there, you would die. Death. Um, and as you keep moving, actually, another piece of environmental storytelling, there's a table surrounded by skeletons, and with and on, on the table, there seems to be money and what looks to be cards. Perhaps mm-hmm. these people were playing a game of uh, Texas Hold'em <laughs> before they died. Or a, a game of... Why am I blanking on card games, Joey? Um, a game of... Bridge. Bridge? <laughs> Poker. He said Texas. Blackjack. Blackjack. A game of the most deadly game. (laughs) The most deadly game. Go fish. (gasps) (laughs) 
Do you have any sixes? No. Go to hell. Sound effect. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Paul, I'm giving you too much work. (laughs) Um, But as we finish up, the fourth core crystal brings about another vision of, again, the same kind of things we've seen before. Mm -hmm. Only difference is now the evil whatever, evil presence. Just kind of. Yeah, it just rushes you down this time. It doesn't even stop afterwards. It just keeps going off screen. It just runs. Right. I don't know what's up with that. Joe, you mind talking about it while I take a drink of water, though? I don't know. Just, like, confusing. More confusing stuff. Yeah. No, I agree with you. It's just <laughs> more mysterious environmental storytelling. Yeah. Not environmental. This is just storytelling. Mysterious storytelling that uh, keeps you intrigued, and hopefully after this next section, we'll Find have out. a little bit more uh, details surrounding. Yeah. Um, and remember before how I mentioned about the fifth crystal that was revealed? Yes. So after the fourth, and you get the fifth, you see that uh, normally the four that you've been filling out have been the four uh, triangles in the center. Yeah. Uh, but there are actually four additional triangles on the outside corners. I know. That, you th- what that I the thought hell? were not things before, but apparently right. they are. It's actually part of it. I thought it was just. It's like, actually part of it now. Yeah. So <clears throat> here's my idea of what it may be. Um, it may be not be related to the critical path success, but if you search around enough, uh, it could provide some kind of special reward. Mm. Kind of like a hundred percenting reward, right. where you get maybe some additional unlockable or something like that, or a new skin or da- or a weapon or something. Right. Um, but it is interesting because now they—I don't know—maybe they intended for you to go to this area first so that this information could be readily available to you. But we're pretty much nearing the end of the game, and yeah. now they just reveal it. I don't know. Maybe there's like one in each. Um zone i mean something. there probably is i think there's four extra ones in each zone based on yeah. how the triangle the patterns are laid out okay so i think there are eight per area as opposed to four yeah but i think for that 100 i think but i think that's only for the people who want to get the 100 percent ending um but that's we'll actually all i really got for the western area except for this one very very fast internet backstory internet backstory Oh, yeah. Time for information from the monoliths. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> In the West, home of the raccoon people and their king, the story is confirmed by the raccoon hermit in the Southwest. Uh, we start off back in ancient history with what is known about the origins of the drifters. Um, it's clear what has happened here. When the power cell activated the Titans... It used them to enslave the drifter species along with other artificial creatures forming the bulk of Judgment's armies. They invaded the West along with the Titans. Um, the raccoon people were prepared to fight with the blue-skinned and the Titans. Uh, they had... Uh, sorry, and the Titans. They had weapons powered by hard crystal technology. However, when one of the Titans... Dis- uh, when... One of the Titans was destroyed. 
by the Raccoon Hermit's gunnery team. All of the crystal technology overloaded, creating the crystal forest and encased many of the soldiers from that battle, trapping them for eternity. Precious moments captured by crystal. There was finally peace in the West. All of the soldiers of old were trapped forever in crystal, except there were likely survivors. Raccoons and blue-skinned probably survived. Uh, we don't know if the Drifter was alive in this time, though he could have been, as we don't know the lifespan of artificial beings. Perhaps he's been wandering ever since. He's so old, he's lost his memory. He still remembers. He's unaware of the past. Or he is a descendant of the blue skin that survived this battle. Um... Now, regarding the Drifter's occupation, he then became a Drifter to collect ancient technology. Uh, perhaps all is needed to be a Drifter is to be a nomad, to be nomadic and collect old technology by occupation. Or perhaps Drifters can be any species. We do see a few of them throughout the world, though most of them are skeletons. Um, the only other life forms in this area are crystal brute spiders and wolves. They could have been in, uh, evolved from the hard crystal environment, or they could have been creations by the raccoon people back in the old times. I mean, we know artificial life was indeed a possibility. A stillness of mind, skill honed, sharp. Uh, there are also references to the Great War, the Hanged Man, and the awakening of the raccoon army. Midnight looming. It's been so long since the Great War, no one remembers. Adventurers and drifters have come through the crystal forest, disturbing the hard crystals and causing the raccoon soldiers to reawaken. The raccoon hermit is one such soldier, though he has abandoned his old cause and now lives in a reclusive lifestyle on a floating island in the west. Uh, most of the raccoon army that awakens returns to their now ruined capital and their king who is likely encased in hard crystal like his soldiers. Imagine his surprise when the drifter, a blue-skinned, walks into his arena. He thought he had defeated his species many years ago. Perhaps the years inside encased by hard crystal have driven him insane. Either way, he attracts the drifter, enraged at the past actions of his species. The monolith transcription, trapped by desperation to remain makes us think that the Hanged Man is desperate for immortality, or maybe was even one of those that created the immortal cell. And just as a side note here, the Hanged Man, he symbolizes the tarot card, a suspension in time which pertains to centuries trapped in the hard crystal. Could even be that he trapped himself there and his army in a crystal as a way of prolonging their lives to wait out Armageddon. It also symbolizes a pursuit of knowledge and self selfishness. Um, this backs up the theory that he was one of those who commissioned or created the immortal cell. Oh. And that's the internet backstory. Internet backstory. That was an adventure of an internet backstory. Holy shit, I did not expect it to be that long. <laughs> but I have so got to run. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Xtreme. Joey, do the outro while I drink some water because my throat hurts like yes. hell. Um, yeah, so, like, um, thanks, um, for, like, listening to us, um, we're, we're, like, so grateful, 
Super, you nailed it. Well, <laughs> so if you guys want to get in touch with us, again, it's the extreme at gmail.com. That's I-T-S-T-H-E-X-S-T-R-E-M at gmail.com. Or just look us up on Google. Literally type in all one word, it's the extreme, and you will find us. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch. Um, am I forgetting something? Facebook, Instagram, Th- Twitter, Twitch. That's it. Yeah. Gmail. Gmail. And then, again, thank you so much to our network, Never Sleeps Network. Uh, thank you guys again for hosting us. Check out all the amazing shows on there. I know there will be a show that you guys like. Uh, but I really got to run, and I don't have an outro for this. So, uh, Joey, yeah. do an outro while I walk away. Hey! Hey, if, you, uh, if you're, like, designing a game, let us know. We'll play it, yo. On, and we'll, we'll feature it on the podcast. Don't forget to write it down. That was weird. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.